we have our kids with us in here this morning, which will make things a little livelier. And um, I wanted to kind of restate this. We, we do this for a particular reason. We could have them go back every week, but we want them, we want our workers to be able to be in here, and we want our kids to be able to experience what we experience. And so we make a, a point on a, at our, as of right now, we make it this point on a regular occasion to have our kids in worship with us. So if you have a kid that is that is being loud, that's that's accepted and that's fine this morning. There's a quiet room back here that you can go to if they get so crazy. Um, but we but we totally comfortable with um, moms carrying kids, you know, at the back of the room and in and out. And so that's just part of part of way it works this morning. The second thing that I wanted to mention, and this is kids, I need your attention for a moment. Um, we, uh, Lana and I talked about this, and I'm going to try, I'm going to try to make my messages shorter on kids' service because how many kids like a short message? I remember certainly when I was growing up in church, I had a pastor who could preach two hours. I liked a short message, and so. We're going to try to be shorter than this last week. Um, and kids, I have something for you. You, anybody, if you know what an adult wants to do, this is fine too. Um, I've got a couple of hidden treasures in in the message. Then, if you can remember the two, I have two words that I want you to remember, and one illustration. And I'll tell you when it's the illustration. If you can remember those, the point of the illustration, come to Atlanta. We have candy for every kid at the end of service. So, yeah, you got to remember. So you got to take, you got to be very good listener. Um, that's the key. Um, before I, before I continue on, I want to want to make make mention of something. Um, Dan, Danny McCoy, who we've been praying for, and praying you know, if possible, for God's healing, but primarily um, for the Lord to take him home. Um, you know, this yesterday morning did go home to be with Jesus. And Lisa, thank you for being here, by the way. Um, we just, we love your family and um, praying for you. And I just want to make mention of it because Danny was the kind of person who who brought joy to people's lives and... Um, yeah, we were just we were grateful to have been there with you guys, and uh, thank you. Um, yes, Lord. How many of you are grateful for what God does? Um, so, this is what I'm going to do. I'm I'm going to. Um, if you were here this last week, how many of you were here this last week? I'm going to take a little bit of a, a review, so you'll just have to deal with that. And then we're going to take make it a little bit more practical, and then we're going to set a bit of tension on this last week's message. So when I say set a bit of tension, I, I've coached basketball, and one of the things that we do on defense is the first thing we do is we teach the kids how to guard the basket. Right, we want we don't want to give up layups. If you play basketball, giving up layups is the number one thing you don't do. But then, as the season goes on, we teach running a full court press, 
And in a full court press, you potentially give up the basket to be able to get a steal and make an easy basket. And so, like in sports, there are a lot of things in the kingdom that have a tension to them. There, there are certain opposite wisdoms that you have to learn for to be applied in certain situations. So I'm going to read the scripture. We're going to talk about it. Psalm 27.4 One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, and to seek Him in His temple. All right, kids, how many of you know King David? Raise your hand if you know King David. This is, so this, is, this prayer I just read, this is a prayer that King David prayed. And I want you to think about this. King David could have had everything and anything. He did have everything and anything he wanted. Like, he had the palace, he had all the, all the things that he could want. Um, but he prays in this prayer, there's only one thing that I actually want. And what is that one thing, kids? To be able to see the beauty of God. That's what, he, that's what he prays. And so when we are reading this psalm, a psalm is a prayer or a song that we're praying. And so today, we're learning to pray that same prayer. So I'm going to read it again. Alright, li- listen to me when I read this. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Amen? So, we want to live with God. We want to see God's beauty and we want to be able to seek Him out for who He is. Alright, so, if I can have all the kids stand up and anybody else who wants to do this with me, you see that I have no shoes on this morning. If you want to, I'm, I'm asking you, you can take off your shoes for this morning and you can set them out. I'm going to tell you why later, but you can take your shoes off. You can put them underneath your, you can get comfortable like you're in your living room. And I'm going to tell you why. And this is the, one of the illustrations you have to remember. Okay. See my bare feet. My wife doesn't like my bare feet, but, but you can see them this morning. So, all right, you can take off your shoes. Go sit down. Go sit down. I'll tell you later why. All right. So here's your first word. First word. And if you're an adult here, you're like, what, are we talking to the kids this morning? We can, we can both glean at the same time. Amen? Um, David says in his prayer, I want to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Everybody say gaze. This is, this is a word that means like see God, behold Him, look at Him, but like with intent, with in focus. Um, but I want to mention the kind of seeing, we talked about this last week, the kind of seeing that David is talking about. When David prays, I want to gaze upon the beauty of God, He's not talking about with his eyes. How many of you have ever actually seen God? I don't think anybody in here has. So David is not talking about with his eyes. He is like when you translate this word from the Hebrew, it means to focus, to contemplate, to experience. 
it means something more than just seeing with your eyes. It means to experience God spiritually. We'll, we'll try to make sense of this. But I want you to see that, is that, that David wants to see God, but he's not talking about with his literal eyes. He's talking about a contemplation, an experience of God. So God wants you to know Him, but He's invisible. So how do we do that? So here, here is the key to knowing God and being able to behold Him and to gaze upon His beauty, is prayer. So when we're praying, we don't just pray to ask God to do things for us. We pray to know God. We pray to get to know Him. And specifically, what David's talking about here is a contemplative prayer. He's talking about our ability to sit before God and to experience Him and to know Him. So, kids, is prayer just about telling God what you need? No, it's about knowing Him. It's about beholding Him. It's about seeing Him. So, contemplative prayer is about just being with God. So another Bible character I want to mention, and then we're going to move on from the review, is that the Bible talks about this guy named Moses. How many of you have heard of Moses? And the Bible says that Moses knew him face to face like a friend. But it also tells us that he never actually saw him. It, does, it tells us he never actually saw his face, but it says he knew him face to face. That's because Moses' relationship with God was so special, it was so intimate and real, that he knew him like a friend knows a friend. And so we also, even when we're kids and when we're adults, have the ability to know God face to face even more than Moses. So I want to read to you the scripture that I read this last week. In 2 Corinthians 3, 12-18, it says, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what is passing away. But their minds were dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is taken away. All right, so listen to this part. Even to this day, when Moses read, the veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Let's say the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled face contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So, when we come into prayer, there is not a veil between us and God. There is no veil and God allows us to see Him face to face. That's, that's the first thing. The second thing is that we talked about this this last week, but I want kids to get this, is that God 
His substance is something called spirit. Say spirit. So I need somebody, one of the kids, to bring me their journal. Somebody, somebody bring it to me. All right. All right, Judah, you got there. You, you can take it. Kids, what is, what is this paper? What is this paper made of? Tell me what the paper's made of. The, yes, there we go. It's made of, how do they get this from trees, right? Okay. If I pick up Toby's drumstick, what is it made of? It's made of wood, which also comes from trees. And so everything that we see, here you go, Judah. Everything that we see is made of something, right? What are you made of? There's lots of, you got eyeballs, you got skin, you got all these things that your body is made of. So, when we talk about God, what is God made of? What is the substance of God? He is spirit. He is spirit. God is spirit. So if you're going to see God, how will you see Him? You have to see Him with eyes of the what? Of the Spirit. Because God is Spirit. It's what God is made of. Another thing is that you are also made of the Spirit. You are also made of the Spirit. And so God is Spirit, but part of your substance is Spirit. Amen? Alright kids, stay with me. Stay with me. So God is Spirit. When we pray, we pray in the Spirit. So I want to talk to you a little bit about how I pray. Um, and this is for, for all of us. If you can throw this up real quick. Um, if you throw up the first slide. Uh, yeah, the one that has the... That one. There we go. Babe, where's a prayer journal? Okay. So in your prayer journal, we have what are called a daily office. And at the very beginning of the prayer journal, and this daily office is an order for your prayer that you can look at. You don't have to follow it exactly, but it's a guide for you to be able to enter into a prayer that is by the Spirit. So, it starts with thanksgiving. It tar- we have this prayer of intent, which focuses on the beauty. And then we have adoration, worshiping God. We have scripture reading. We have reflection and silence. We have praying in the Spirit. And we have closing prayer. And there's actually explanation of this in the book, but I told you I wanted to be practical today. The reason that we put together this form of prayer is for two reasons. We want to come into prayer not with an aimless mind, but with a mind to actually enter in by the Spirit and gaze upon the beauty of God. And so we put together a structure with freedom to allow us to be able to come into that place And Alana has actually, I think, just had printed or had delivered kids' prayer journals that are different than the adults, but but align with this. And so we're wanting to teach our own hearts, our own lives, how to enter in by the Spirit in prayer, but also to teach the lives of our kids how we enter in. So let me tell you an adjustment that the Lord 
made with me this week. How many of you ever listened to the great theologian N.T. Wright? He, he's brilliant theologian, respected in intellectual circles around the world. SMU did a, um, a series with him. They do these Tate lecture series where they invite not just Christians, but they invite intellectuals of various kinds to come and give informative talks on different matters. And so they brought N.T. Wright, and there was this special luncheon with him. And, and they, they had this special luncheon, and they had all these scholars at SMU. And some of these scholars at SMU like at some points in life, some of them don't even confess Christ at, at some point, even though they're teaching Bible. And they asked him, they said, N.T. Wright, do you have, the, or Tom, I'm sure they didn't dress him by his initials, but they said, do you have a way, like a way that you pray, like a form that you follow for prayer? And he said, well, actually I open every day praying in tongues for 10 minutes. And the room went silent because they were not expecting him to answer that way. And so, this week, the Lord reminded me of that, of that uh, talk from Dr. Tom Wright. And this week, I've just been like, okay, God, I'm going to pray in tongues for, for 10 minutes before I even come in to pray anything because I'm allowing God, who is spirit, to pray and to lead me in prayer before I even utter any in, intelligible thought before Him. And I'm only saying all this to say, like, that we need to think of prayer, we need to think of our morning prayer life, or our, whenever you pray, we need to think of it as an opportunity to enter in to a relationship with God who is spirit. And this is what he's made of. And so, um, that's, the way, that's the way I approach prayer, and that's the way we are bringing our community to approach, to approach prayer. Um, Okay. So, what was your first word, kids? Gaze. Nice. That's it. The first word is gaze. We are to gaze upon. Help me. How do we gaze upon Him? Somebody throw it out there. How do we gaze upon Him? Is it with our literal eyes? No. With our spiritual eyes. And how do we do that, Jaden? What's the best way to do that? Praying. That's right. There you go. So prayer is our way of gazing upon God with our spiritual eyes. Alright. Everybody with me still? Okay. So we're going to jump to the next part of the message, which is, which is not review, but will probably be review for many of us. Um, we'll read Psalm 27, 4 again. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I dwell, may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, and to seek Him in His temple. Okay, kids, question for you. Anybody can blurt it out. Where, where is the temple of God? If He says, I want to gaze upon your beauty in the temple, where is His temple? Heaven's a good answer. In us. Yep, in our heart. That's great. So, so the question, everybody say, where is the temple? Okay, so I'm going to take us through a little presentation to talk about this. We got, a, we got our presentation. Look at this. Got a beautiful presentation up here. This is not very beautiful over here. Sorry for those of you who are looking from that side. 
This is, so when God created, and I was going to read through scriptures of all this, but I want to be short. So when God created everything, where did, where did he start? Where is the first place that God started? The Garden of Eden. I want you to get this picture. The Garden of Eden was God's first temple on earth. It was the place where all of creation could worship him. It's the place where he walked. It's the place where he talked. It's the place where he lived. That was the first place of worship to him. And do you know that there was an image bearer in Latin, this is called the Imago Dei, which is that we have the image of God. Who, who do you think is the image bearer that was put inside the temple to reflect his beauty? Adam and Eve. So people, right? Like God's creation, he put people inside the middle of his temple to worship him and to, and to express his beauty. But what happened? Did man follow God? No. So man, man rejected God. And we lost being able to rest in that temple. So, but God had a plan. So go to the next, go to the next slide. So God found this man named Abraham. Which kid of all the kids? How many remember Abraham? So Abraham's story was that he went on a long journey with God, and God came to speak to Abraham, to talk to him to build relationship with him because God was looking for a place on earth that he could dwell because he lost, he didn't didn't lose it, but we lost this temple where his presence was perfectly dwelling. So go to the next slide. So Abraham had all all of these kids and they eventually became a nation. Who knows what that nation, kid, who knows what that nation is called? No. Who knows what that nation? Who, who are those people? Who are God's people? Yeah. Jews, Israelites. That's right. Mary. <laughs> Very funny. Um, those were the Israelites, right? And God gave the Israelites a tent. How many of you ever slept in a tent? He gave them a tent, and inside this tent, they had a box a golden box where God's presence was. This is called the tabernacle. So His presence came and dwelled. Can you imagine if God was just inside a box here in the middle of the room? That's the way that He revealed Himself to Israel. So go to the the next slide. Then God built this place called Solomon's Temple. He came and dwelled there. That was His temple. Because here's what God's doing. We, we lost, we messed up his first temple and he's trying to restore a relationship with man. So he comes down and he comes in this one place. Go to the next place. This is, so then, when Jesus comes, he dies, he resurrects, he ascends to the Father and he sends his spirit. And so now, the temple is not just inside a box in a room, but where is the temple? In us. The temple is, is all of us. And so go to, the final, go to the final page. Now this is God's ultimate desire. Is that just like we were in the Garden of Eden. He is going to restore all of creation. Not just His people. But all of creation to be His temple. 
Everybody tracking with me? Okay. I know we're going a long ways to get somewhere, but I'm almost done. Let's see where. So kids, who, who is the, where is the temple of God right now? Okay, you, you got it. Kid, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? God's desire, since man was removed from, from the garden, was to dwell with man and to reconcile all things He has created into its original design. So I want to read something to you. It's a little bit long, but I want you to hear this. I want everybody to hear this because I, there's, there's a bigger implication than what we've talked about. And then we're going to finish. Colossians 1, 15-20 says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Who holds all things together, kids? And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things. Listen to this. To reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So I, I want to I camp right here for a moment on something that implicates all of our lives. God's narrative is that from since we have left the garden, he has been after making all of creation His temple again. Not just you and me. Not just His people. His goal is to reconcile all things in heaven and earth to Himself. He wants to make all things new. How many, how many of you walk outside and you see God's beauty in creation? Like God wants to make everything He's ever created, He wants to make it new again. And so the story of the Bible is a story of His presence increasing and expanding to cover the earth. Habakkuk 2.14 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters the sea. So, I want to finish back at 2 Corinthians 3. It says, We all with unveiled face contemplate the Lord's glory who are, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Okay. Kids, hear me. When you look, when you gaze upon the beauty of God in prayer, it turns you into His image. And when you turn into His image, it begins the process of God bringing all things back into its rightful place. When we behold Him, we become like Him. And when we become like Him, 
the world experiences him and is reconciled back to him. I'm going to tell you a story. This is one that you have to remember for the candy. There's a man named Moses, and he runs from something bad that he's done, and God speaks to him by a burning bush. He comes and reveals who he is. How many of you remember this story? And he asks him to take off his shoes for its holy ground. Now, let me tell you a little, this has to do with why I don't have shoes on, but you've got to listen or you can't get the candy. This last week, I was sitting in service and I felt like the Holy Spirit, don't think of me as weird, but I'm just telling you what happened. I was sitting in Holy Spirit, I was sitting in service, and I felt the Holy Spirit said, take off your shoes. And for the next 20 minutes, I was like, God, I've got to come give an explanation for this. I've got to explain to people, this looks really weird. Like, I could tie this into some Bible verse, you know. I could do something, like I can make a metaphor of this. And the Lord was like, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to go up there. You may look like an idiot, or feel like an idiot, but I just want you to go up there and do this. And so, so I did. I went, no, no shoes. And actually, I told Andrew, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to do that this week. And so I went to our office with no shoes. I went to, we went on a walk outside um, with no shoes. I'm going to be honest with you, when it turned 20 degrees, I put on my shoes. <laughs> but here is what I feel like the Lord is showing me. Is that Everywhere we go, when we gaze upon His beauty, everywhere we go becomes holy ground. Everywhere we go becomes an experience with God. Like kids, look at your, look at your bare feet. Look at your feet. God told Moses to take His shoes off for its holy ground. Because you have the Spirit of God living in you everywhere you go is holy ground. Amen? So I I want us to get this. As we go through life and we become His image and we reflect that image everywhere we are, we are enacting God's desire to reconcile all of creation back to himself. Amen?